we all have that, that one thing. We all have that thing we think we're supposed to be that we think will bring us happiness or will, will make us worthy of love and joy. What I've learned is that one of the deepest ways you can love yourself is just letting go of that thing. What does it mean to love ourselves, to have our own back and be on our own team as we make tough decisions? Is self-love really just narcissism? Is it just a new age thing? We'll speak today with Jenny Taylor, who's been on a wide and deep journey to understand what self-love means for her, and who will share with us how we can actually learn to do it. This is Shame Pinata. I'm Colleen Thomas. Welcome to Shame Pinata, where we talk about creating rites of passage for real life transitions. As you know, in this first season on Shame Pinata, we're focusing on weddings and commitment ceremonies, a type of ceremony we're all familiar with. And we've also touched just a bit on the idea of self commitment ceremonies, where a person commits to being their own best partner. Today, we're going to look a little more deeply into the idea of self-love. I came across a wonderful article by Jenny Taylor, which helped me understand that self-love can be an action instead of a feeling, and also that it's really a practice from moment to moment, ever evolving as we learn to know and trust ourselves more. This idea of self-love as an action reminds me of one of my favorite Mr. Rogers quotes. Love isn't a state of perfect caring. It's an active noun like struggle. To love someone is to strive to accept that person exactly the way he or she is right here and now, and to go on caring even through times that may bring us pain. So self-love can look like us accepting ourselves, no matter how we're feeling in the moment. And when you think about it, isn't that really the way you want someone to love you, to just accept you the way you are in this moment? I also learned from Jenny's article, and this shouldn't be a surprise, that our ability to be in our body and feel our feelings has a huge impact on our ability to accept ourselves and show up for ourselves in the moment. Because if I'm not in touch with my body, I won't be as able to identify my feelings and listen to what they're telling me. I'll be disconnected from the cues that help me make decisions like, should I stay or do I want to leave? Is this job a good fit for me? Is this relationship meeting my needs? Jenny and I had a wonderful conversation a few months ago. We spoke about self-love within the context of the first few weeks of the COVID-19 pandemic in the U.S. So what does self-love mean to you? So for me, self-love has really been a journey of, of discovering that it's really a practice. Mm. Um, when I first started out, I was looking for this feeling of self-love. And what I've learned in going through so many layers of it is that it's, it's a ritual. It's a habit. It's a practice. Um, it's a way I show up for myself. Specifically, I would say the most important thing is allowing myself to feel my feelings, setting boundaries with people. Mm. Um, that practice you know, includes ha- being mindful of how I spend my time, mm. how I talk to myself, how I care for my body. It's those practicing compassion and acceptance. So all of those things are more doing rather than a feeling. 
So I know that you've been on a journey to find self-love and to concretize it and to weave it into your life. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about what that journey looked like? Yes. (laughs) I feel like the word that comes up is resistance. (laughs) It's just (laughs) this big journey of (laughs) resistance and me like fighting it and then giving in and fighting and giving in. And so, yeah, I mean, I think for me, it's always peeling back new layers. Um, It started with things like, you know, trying to really like myself in my 20s, buying myself flowers, allowing myself alone time, cooking myself a nice dinner. So there were these things that I was like, yes, this is a part of self-care and I'm just going to have this special time with myself. But then what I realized when I peeled back that layer is like, I still had really harsh self-talk and I still was really hard on myself if I would make a mistake, um, sort of beat myself up. And so that led me to this other layer of like doing the work on that part of me. What was driving the the mm. negative self-talk? Right. How could I shift that, you know, to becoming conscious of that? And then once that shifted, it was like I stopped being overly critical of myself. Um, I stopped doing things that were bad for me, like, you know, drinking a decent amount or, you know, eating badly, hanging out with people that were just blatantly not good for me. But then I really still was disconnected from my body. Mm. Um, and mm. so when I would be stressed, I wouldn't leave a situation or when I would be feeling really not good physically, you know, sometimes you can get yourself in a situation and you're, mm. you physically just feel like your energy is capped, mm. right. um, or it's drained, it's being drained. And I realized I wasn't criticizing myself, but I was also still putting myself in these situations where I didn't feel good about myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was this whole nother, you know, layer. And I would say where I am now is sort of feeling all of my feelings, the light, the dark, the things that I'm nervous, make me a bad person or make me unlovable. Um, it's feeling all of that with a really deep level of acceptance and then mm-hmm. checking in with my body on like, how well I'm doing. Mm. You know what I mean? So if I still feel anxiety, I know I'm not there Mm -hmm. because when I'm in my truth and when I'm in my aligned um, place of self-love, my body feels free. It feels clear. Mm. It feels good. Did you get that? Jenny lets her body tell her how well she's taking care of herself. She makes the best decisions she can moment to moment and then checks in with how her body's feeling to see if her decision was a supportive one. I love that idea, that metric of listening to the body, checking in with the body. How does my body feel? Because the body doesn't lie. Absolutely. Your intuition and your intuition speaks through your body. And and it's funny because I actually run a triggers, like a workshop on triggers. So how to help people process these stuck beliefs and Mm -hmm. through the body. And one of the coolest things is when you do the work, you can actually have a feeling that really triggers your body mm-hmm. and it it dissolves the more you work with it and dance with it and love it and play with it. Mm. Um, so it's a check-in and you can sort of feel the progress within your body too over time. Mm. Yeah, I, I was always taught that it was mind, body, heart, spirit, but I've only recently realized that the emotions are in the body. <laughs> like, they are and yeah. so much in the gut as well. Yeah. When my father passed away, uh, it was probably one of the biggest grieving times I had. And and a lot of times when I was crying, there was no content. I wasn't thinking about him. I wasn't missing him even. I was just, just my body needed to cry. And yes, and it was, it was almost like, you know, 
throwing up or something. It was just like I had to just step back and let the body do it. And it helped if somebody was there to hold space so I didn't feel like I had to stop. And then I just would go and 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 go. Just just let it go and just until it was done. And like, okay, that had to happen. Yes. And what you're talking about is so helpful when we when we start talking about using the body to process emotion. Mm-hmm. When we're in our heads and we're creating story and we're crying and we're making it worse and making ourselves mm-hmm. sad, that's a different type. What you're talking about is absolutely hands down the body mm-hmm. just processing and moving that emotion mm-hmm. when there's not a lot of thought, there's not a narrative, you're just getting it out. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I felt like that with this virus as well mm-hmm. going around. Yeah. Have you? No, I think I'm still in my head. <laughs> you still in your head? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm still making plans. Days. Making plans yeah, and, you know, yeah. worrying yeah. and calling people and, uh, you know, I'm still in that place. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, I have, there have been a couple of days where I, I'm not sure what I'm crying it out, but I just have to release. Mm-hmm. It's like there's this collective angst, I think, yeah. that is just yeah. heavy. We, we've got to get it out, you know? I think a big part of my practice has been, is this useful for me Mm -hmm. to feel this Mm -hmm. or is this creating more of this negative energy? Mm -hmm. You know, so checking in on, on what the intention behind feeling the the negative emotion is, Mm -hmm. is it ego? Is it my body processing? Nice. Yeah. And how do you, how do you tell? Um, Usually it's a head versus, and a lot of thought versus that body feeling that you're talking about. And for me, when I'm processing emotion in my body, it it feels like it sort of wells up and then I have to get it out usually through tears, a lot of times breath yeah. or sound, like if, if it's energy in my throat, yeah. um, that's usually not ego. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it's my head sort of making me inferior, making me a victim, making me, you know, where there's like a strong narrative around it. Yeah. Yep. I hear you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, and and fear also, I think, lives in our head. When we're yeah. down that rabbit hole of like all the things that could happen, yeah. we're in fear and fear is ego. So when we're scared and we have scary thoughts in our heads, maybe ones that keep us awake at night or steal our attention while we're at a stoplight, those moments take us out of our body into our head. And the weird thing is that we can't really release the tension or resolve the feelings when we're in our head because the emotions are in our body. I asked Jenny what she discovered about herself over the years. I I mean, there's so many things. What what immediately came to mind was that I am lovable. <laughs> um, I feel like that sounds very trite. Um, I've also discovered just how hard on myself I was. Um, but I, I think overall, which includes both of those things, is that I'm human. Mm. You know, this is all part of it. And... Mm-hmm the ups and the downs and the, the dark and the light, that's, it's all safe. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm. you know, and, and and the truth is too, it's between me and me. Mm -hmm. I don't need to expose it and to put it out there and make sure other people love my dark. I'm the only one that has to love that Mm -hmm. and accept that and explore it. And so from that place, it's a lot safer and easier to explore Mm -hmm. because it's between me and, you know, what I believe is, my creator, source energy, like the divine that's within me and, and in the universe. Wow. So, wow. That's a lesson right there. I love that. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
So you and I had spoken a little bit before that one of the things that you went through in your life was coming to terms with um, the reality of not having children, making yeah. peace with that with that reality. And I'm curious how self-love was part of that process, what that process was like for you and how self-love was part of it. Yeah. So um, this was a big one in 2019 for me. I have always identified with being a mom, always, like from the time I was six years old, mm-hmm. what do you want to be when you grow up? A mom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it was like, that was me, you know? And um, so I had cultivated self-love and, and I'll be honest with you, part of it was in preparing myself to be a better mom, a better wife, a better, you know, head of the family. And so when you're, when I was doing all these things and and I still wasn't feeling like I was any closer to becoming a mother, I started having a lot of suffering. Mm. Um, and it was self-inflicted. It wasn't because society was telling me I should have a baby because I'm a mother, I'm a woman, you know, it, mm-hmm. it just, it wasn't that it was genuinely, it was like a real internal identity and mm-hmm. a pull of like, what am I if I don't do this with mm-hmm. my life? It feels like this is my purpose. I feel so called to do this and I can't, I, I felt like I can't create it. So that awareness of the suffering and how much I was creating that for myself I think opened up this bigger discussion for me, like with myself around surrender. Mm. And it was this sort of come to Jesus moment of like, I cannot create this much suffering for myself and this much Mm self-judgment and love myself at the same time. Mm -hmm. And so what needs to happen is a place of total, like radical acceptance and surrender that my life has value and meaning, even if I don't even know what it is yet. And that's profound Mm -hmm. (laughs) to sort of like, yes, you, you love yourself for what you know of yourself, but to then peel back this layer and have to love this part of yourself that you trust has value because, you know, if you have a spiritual practice, you you believe that, mm-hmm. but you don't even know what it looks like yet. You don't know what your contribution is yet. And I feel like it really was a, a twofold practice of like, A, noticing the shame and the suffering and the thoughts, and finally just getting a place of saying, no, I will not treat myself like this anymore. Mm-hmm. I won't. Mm-hmm. And even though I want it so badly and I feel so called, mm-hmm. there's something else and I trust with I trust that divine within me mm-hmm. that knows there's some purpose here. Mm-hmm. Why this hasn't happened, right? Um, and yeah, I mean, again, that's a practice. That's mm-hmm. showing up every day for myself. And there are still, you know, of course, there are some bad days, you know. But in those moments, it's it really is just a call back to trust and surrender, mm-hmm. and knowing that that's the kindest, most loving thing I can do for myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm still obviously open to it. You know what I mean? Like I'm, it's not too late. I I certainly could still have children, but it's, there's no attachment to it anymore. There's no, um, there's not like that need Mm -hmm. to, to have me be worthy. That's sort of how I know that I've healed that part of me Mm -hmm. is because I don't have a narrative. I don't have a narrative anymore around how it's going to (laughs) go or like, Mm -hmm. 
or why it hasn't happened. You know, sometimes I think when we're insecure about things or we are resisting things, we have a narrative around why it hasn't happened mm-hmm. to sort of cover up our shame. Mm-hmm. And for me right now, it's just, I don't know. <laughs> I really have no story anymore. I have no, <laughs> I have no ending one way or the other. Um, it feels so good to be in this place of such tension and right. such pain and suffering right. in my body to then move through it and claim this other part of my power. Right. Um, and yeah, just feel sort of lighter and still open, but, but not attached. Right. Right. You've like moved beyond the story and the the attachment. Yes. Yes. It's just, I'm, I'm very much in trust. And I think, I think one common misconception or mistake is that people will surrender in order to get there. Yeah. And there's still that attachment to, okay, but I have to just let go of it all and then I'll get it. You know, that's, I think it's common right now where there's a lot of talk around manifestation Mm -hmm. and the purpose with, with the context of self-love is do it to, because it's kind to yourself. Mm-hmm. Don't do it to get it. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. So. Well, thank <laughs> you so much. It's been so awesome just getting to know you and Absolutely. continuing to have a conversation. Back at you. And I hope, you know, our conversations continue <laughs> yes. on and on. So, yes. Yeah. I am so grateful to Jenny for sharing her wisdom with us, not only her ever-deepening explorations of self-love, but also her reminders of the wisdom our bodies offer us right now in this moment. I hope you can take a minute today to take one or maybe even two deep breaths and notice how your body feels. You might even see if you can sense your body's response as you make decisions like working another few hours or taking a break, reading a book or taking a walk just noticing. You might notice if you can't even feel your body today. And if you can't, it's okay. Your body is there, just waiting to connect, waiting to accept you in this moment, no matter how you are. Jenny Taylor is a certified leadership coach and founder of Expand Coaching, an organization aimed at helping clients deepen connection and authenticity in the workplace and with oneself. Her Expand Within program focuses on the components of self-love and gives practical ways to cultivate it to impact all areas of life, career, relationships, purpose. Before coaching full-time, Jenny spent 16 years in the healthcare and technology industry as a sales leader. You can learn more about her and book a free session at expandcoaching.com. That's expand-coaching.com. Our music is by Terry Hughes. If you like the show, please take a minute to review it on Apple Podcasts. Learn more at shamepinata.com. I'm Colleen Thomas. Thanks for listening. <laughs>